0: But I did get that from just society in general. Even, I think I got that from, like I told you, the programs and things that I was in was always a prescribed path for what's next. McNair, okay, you apply Mm -hmm. to graduate school and that's where you go. So I did that. Graduate school, okay, you apply for the 10-track job. That's what you do. So I did that. And then once I started listening to myself and being like, I'm not happy. I can be successful doing what everybody else wants me to do, mm-hmm. fine, but I'm not happy. So, how do I tune into what makes
1: me happy? <laughs> Welcome to Wise and Wine, a play on the phrase, rise and shine. Now look here, folks. I've had five jobs in the last two years, and that shit just ain't normal. Or is it? No, no, it's not. So I'm turning to diverse people who inspire me both professionally and personally with careers that didn't exactly start at point A and end at point B. We'll explore how their families, their cultures, and their communities impacted their career decisions, as well as the exact moment they decided to pursue their passions, even if that passion wasn't a direct path to a pension or 401k. Hopefully, I'll come away knowing how they became the badass, the confident, the strategic people that I admire. And if I don't come out of this project a little wiser, well, at least I'll enjoy the boozy wine ride. Today, we are joined by Dr. Bernadette Galliard-Miabi. Yeah, I said doctor with a capital D, because this girl's been through some school, and you're going to put some respect on her name. Doctor, doctor, I just can't stop. I'm so proud of her. She's my cousin, so I remember her being yay tall and being the consummate rule follower and the reserved one who never got in trouble, and so to see her blossom and pursue this really great career. And now to start her business where she's helping others is pretty amazing. She has this really cool, calm level demeanor that kind of sometimes makes you have to lean in to hear what she says. But when you lean in, you know what you're going to hear is about to be fire. I realize that I operate on a 10, but I, (laughs) she does bring me down probably to about a 7.5. So I'm a little bit calmer than I normally would be in most of my episodes. So we're not really doing that much drinking, mainly because she's joining us all the way from Kenya, where she's spending the next few months with her doctor husband. Mm. Did I say doctor? I did it again, didn't I? Yep, doctor. I, I just can't stop. So without further ado, welcome my cousin, Dr. Bernadette galliard So, um,
0: I'd like to think my career path started actually in eighth grade. When I wrote this essay, <laughs> I know, weird. I wrote this essay um, for a scholarship that I actually got. But I remember putting in there that I wanted to, well, I and for my career, I wanted to be an accountant. That's one thing. But oh. yeah, right? <laughs> but the thing that I remember most is that I wanted to help people and to travel. And so I think that's the okay. start of my career path because that's now what I do right like I help people and I try and whenever I think about like what am I doing like what is my kind of north star compass it always comes back to that Mm -hmm. and so I've had a lot of windy different experiences you know since eighth grade but now I feel like I am in my Lane in my space and doing the things that bring me joy because I get to help people and I get to travel um yeah so uh, to give you a little more detail on what happened since eighth grade <laughs> um
1: yes <laughs> yeah.
0: so college I went to college um for international business and accounting actually so I was pursuing that um, oh but then, when I was in oh college, I joined the Making Air Scholars Program, which is for um, underrepresented students or first-generation students who are interested in graduate school. In that program, my eyes were open to like so many different opportunities that come from um, graduate school and joining the professorate. So from there, um, kind of required to graduate school and stuff so that's what <laughs> I did and right. um, and my yeah my McNair director was like nobody gets PhDs in business never mind right. that all my professors had PhDs in business but I, I didn't just... know that <laughs> whatever <laughs> tells me, and details details you know right never mind that's where the money is but whatever <laughs> um so I found the field of organizational communication right because it helped me to bring together my business interests but then also I have was a minor in communication so it brought the two together okay Um, and so that's what I ended up going to graduate school for um so undergrad American University in Washington DC and then graduate school at UC Santa Barbara um Mm -hmm in organizational communication and yeah that was a great experience of getting to me all the it was like the number one country number one program in the country for my field so all the big mm-hmm. shots in orcom were there and eventually came there and so that was great um and then I went to Rutgers for my first job after graduate school mm-hmm. as a full-time tenure track faculty member got there and I was there for six years Uh, between maybe four and a half to five
1: years and I was like Mm -hmm. this
0: is not the path for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's not so much traveling once you're at the university it's like okay you're here you get a couple weeks off you know for breaks and things like that and some time off in the summer, but you're not really traveling for work.
0: Actually, the traveling was pretty good. um, Oh, really? like the conferences, yeah, the conferences are in great places. So we have a national association where you go to different places around the country and then the international Mm -hmm. association, they do one year in the US and one year somewhere else. So that was pretty good. And then like being able to visit colleagues at all the different universities and stuff for different conferences or presentations and stuff was actually great. And it was always on somebody else's dime. So the (laughs) traveling part was actually good. And the helping people of course was good because, you know, helping students and figure their lives out and teaching them and seeing young minds grow and all those good things. Right. But it wasn't like, like I was good at it, but I was like, this is not making me happy. I do not want to get up and do this every day for the rest of my life.
1: Mm. Hmm.
0: so was
1: it was it more repetitive than you assumed in the in the college industry like what made it not be what you want to do
0: more isolating I think so ah, okay wanting to be able to when you do research is you and sometimes you have a research mm-hmm. team but the whole writing process was very laborious for me and um yeah it just was like not giving me people time and so I was Mm. getting people time by doing other things such as working with actually ended up working with the McNair program at Rutgers right since I was alum trying to give back to them and doing some other research projects that allowed me to have some interaction with others in the Rutgers community and Mm. That is where I got a lot of my, oh, okay, this is being able to apply the stuff that I'm doing to real people's lives (laughs) Mm, Um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and them being able to talk about how impactful it is and seeing the, seeing the outcome of the work rather than just publishing in a journal that, you know, me and my mom are (laughs) going (laughs) to read. Basically, that's it. Um, okay Okay. so so yeah so from there I was able to transition I'm still at Rutgers but now I am in faculty development where again I'm being able to apply the work that I research to real people's lives and then that also freed up some time so now that I'm not just doing research and publishing and stuff um, to be able to start my own business
1: me through the process of when you went from, this is what I want to do to where you are now with your business.
0: Ooh, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a lot of starting and stopping. And am I sure I want to do this or can I do this? A lot of that, still a lot of that, but mm-hmm. I started officially in 2018 For my birthday i went with a friend to um a talk from tanya rapidly she's like the my fab finance person Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she was just talking about like her money story and her and the person who was co-hosting the event they were like you know what you just gotta do it you just gotta take one step and put it out there and let the universe lead you and i was very inspired apparently (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you're like it worked it worked it did it worked and so I created that day for my birthday I created a GoFundMe just to say hey people I'm Hmm. wanting to do this and need a little support you know for a website and to be able to Mm -hmm. put myself out there and people were very generous in both giving and supporting the idea and I was like oh okay so I guess I can do this and since then it's just been a whole bunch of Let's put one foot in front of the other. Um, And so I, what did I do? I I started following a lot of business coaches, got my own business coach who helped me. I took her program and she helped me like, it was a do it yourself, launch your business, you know, Mm -hmm. five week course or something like that and implemented all the steps, put out the call and got really great feedback from people who were interested Um, and so I was like, okay, I guess this works. (laughs) Um, then she (laughs) offered a branding course and I took that one too, and was able to like pull together, um, you know, my branding colors and kind of my approach. Then she offered a business development weekend and connected me with some people that would help with the website and stuff. So I've been, you know, doing step by step ever since then. And it's been a lot of trial and error, a lot of, um, you know, okay, I think this is working. And nope, that's definitely not working. <laughs> Whoops. Yes. And now I'm just to the point where I'm trying to bring more of my full self. So I started with the coaching side of, you know, helping people navigate career transitions, which is great. And now um, bringing in the work that I'm doing with diversity, equity, and inclusion for organizations, because mm-hmm. actually that's more of where my research was for 10, 15 years, you know. Mm. Um, so I'm like, all right, I just want to show up more as my full, authentic self. And that's what I've been trying to do for, definitely for
1: 2021, but in general. Okay. Oh, so what's the elevator pitch for your business? What's the name of it, the, your goals? How do you help your clients tell us about your business?
0: Yes. So the official name is Discover You, uh, and that comes from... What I was telling you about in eighth grade that I feel like everyone when they're younger has this idea of what they want to be and who they want to be. But we get so jaded by life as we grow up that we do the things mm-hmm. that people tell us are the most important or will make the most money or this is what you need to be doing. And we stop listening to our inner self. Um, So, and that's a lot of what I do in my career coaching stuff, where I work with women and people of color, high achievers, trying to align their career ambitions with their life passions. And then on the consulting Mm -hmm. side, I work with organizations that are trying to get started or take their next steps with implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And again, that comes out of my research research stuff um, where I was researching Mm -hmm. how people of color are able to navigate organizations in many different ways and how they become how they feel integrated within organizations and places where they feel unheard or misunderstood and and how that impacts their experience within organizations and so I like to bring that to bear Mm -hmm. Two organizations of like you think this is what you're doing but actually there are systemic issues that are not you know calling you in particular a racist but there are racist structures that exist Mm -hmm. um that are affecting the people of color and other underrepresented groups within your organization so let's pay attention to those and see what we can do to fix them
1: say what (laughs) i feel like Yeah, I feel like especially since the George Floyd murders, I've seen so many, you know, we're seeing them on Instagram, and we're seeing them on companies' websites where they're saying these things. And, you know, the last organization that I left, that's what they brought me in for. They said, oh, we really want you to be doing, you know, diversity inclusion work. We know it's a, a space that we're missing we'd love for you to do it. So I was like, of course. So I left a job, I actually took a pay cut from another job because I was so passionate about doing DEI work at this really big tent company. And I got there and realized, Oh, so you guys want to yes. check a box. You don't actually want me to change anything. You don't actually want things to improve Because anytime I had an idea, it was like, oh, well, that's not going to work here. Oh, well, that's never going to change here. Oh, we tried that once. So I was just like, well, then why am I here? Oh, I'm here because you need a face that looks like Mm. mine on your website. Deuces. (laughs) And so is that what you're seeing with companies? And are you feeling any, you know, it's great that they're asking you to come in because there's some recognition. But are you feeling some pushback from organizations, like you said, when you present them with you know, it's more than just hiring me. There's real work that's got to be done in your organization. I'm
0: seeing that. So right now I mostly work with nonprofits, small to medium sized nonprofits. And Mm. even from the beginning stages of, you know, let's talk about what is possible working together. I always get, oh, those are great ideas, Mm -hmm. but our budgets. I'm like, yeah, it requires actual, yeah. <laughs> you know, commitment, financial time, effort, all of those mm-hmm. things to this work. It's not just put a black square on your Instagram or make a diversity statement, right? Yeah. It's people, And it has to start from the top. Um, so I'm like definitely running mm-hmm. into that. I also work with people who are the DEI person, like you were for um, their organizations, and they tell me. Exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. They say they want DEI. I'm the first DEI person for their organization, um, but I'm not on the executive team, or I, I offer suggestions mm-hmm. of what to do, and I get so much pushback and stuff. And so we strategize other ways of mm-hmm. of uh, navigating that process. So,
1: yes, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> Yes, I know. I keep saying, I need to hire her once I, you know, I need to make this investment in my career. And I think that's really what um, we're shifting towards. And I don't know if the pandemic has forced us to kind of revisit careers and think about our careers. But I think to your point, when you were starting your business and you went to workshops and you went to, you know, branding and you had to make the investment is, it's that scary piece behind, I have to make the investment, but do I have the finances, the resources to make the investment? So how do you kind of encourage the clients that you work with to make that investment? Cause I'm sure that at first they're like, yes, everything you offer I need. And then they get an invoice or, you know, you, you start talking finances and it's like, Ooh, right. <laughs> so how do you coach them through that piece about making the, the investment and, and developing resources? in order for clients to achieve their dreams.
0: Yeah. I think the important thing is where will you be if you don't make the investment? Right.
1: Ooh. Ouch. I just felt that.
0: (laughs) You say this is what you want and you haven't been able to do it on your own and you need accountability. Mm -hmm. You need support. You need the resources that I offer. If you don't invest, where where will you be in six months or a year from now and people do feel you know they do feel the ouch um Mm -hmm. and for some i think that is a a good impetus to actually invest but also it's like if you're not if now is not the time i'll be here when it is the time
1: you know right okay yeah i think i had that you know with um not the last job I left, but a prior job where they were talking about salary and, you know, they said, oh, you're, you're about $10,000 more than what we're able to offer. And so I went back and forth and was like, oh, I really want this job, but I also like to eat and pay my bills. So, but then I started thinking about, it. I was like, no, I have a master's degree. You called me. This is my 20 plus years in the experience in the industry. This is what it costs to hire me. If you don't want to pay for it, I understand. But if you want me, this is what it costs. And I was shocked they actually paid it. And so um, that was just this, this feeling of, oh, being paid what I'm worth and fighting for it and being able to say, you know, if you can't afford me, I understand. But this is what it costs, yeah. Um, to have me as a resource for your company was 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 empowering and scary both at the same time. That that week between the time when I told them my my number and the time that they came back and said, "Sure, we'll pay," that was was really Congratulations,
0: scary. Congratulations, because that is one of yeah. the things that <laughs> women in general and women of color in particular just do not do. Right, that negotiate the knowing and valuing our own worth so that others are forced to do mm-hmm. the same.
1: did you learn about yourself as you created your own business and what are your goals? What will when will you feel like I'm I'm successful when I've done this? My business is a success.
0: Ooh. That first question, what have I learned about myself? Ooh, so many things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have learned that I really can do it number one um that i can Mm. create the life that i want for myself right and have my dreams of helping people and traveling right i'm right now i'm in kenya i'm doing this from yes like halfway across the world from you right um i know so happy and that (laughs) i can Help people the way that I want to help them, right, so I've learned a lot about just my mm-hmm. ability to to show up and bring my full self and bring a authentic ear as well as perspective, different perspective to the world so and I just appreciate that so much, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, burn, I didn't know you had that in you, but go girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes and so my dream is
1: yes what are the goals for your business when you do when you get to this you're like oh I've done it my business is a success what is what does that look like for you
0: well I'll say my next goal because I'm sure the goals will keep changing but my next Mm -hmm. goal is to have yes a six-figure year of revenue Nice. I am excited about the possibilities. I mean, I have a day job, so it's not that it's the money per se, but it's the impact of it, right? That like people are hearing, mm. like mm. resonating with the message that I have to send, and that I'm having an impact out there through coaching, through the consulting, through speaking, you know. Um, so that is my next goal that I'm like ready.
1: ready for (laughs) so without taking anything away from your business is there one tip that you can share with women of color about creating success on their own terms Mm.
0: the one thing I think I would share is to start with what do you want right to get Mm. real clear about what is it for you because we like I said we go through live through our lives listening to what other people want for us listening to oh you should do this you could do this Mm. oh you would be great at this let's get rid of everybody else's voices (laughs) And find your own, you <laughs> mm-hmm. know, and write out. So whenever I work with a client, we always start with this question of what do you want, and I have them answer in a few areas of their life because we get so bogged down with career. Of yes, I want you know this promotion or I want this job here or I want you know whatever because work takes up so much of our life, <laughs> but there are other parts mm-hmm. of our lives that are important, mm-hmm. right? It's important to think about what do we want in our relationships what do we want in our personal wellness and self-care what do we want in our spiritual lives and Mm -hmm. emotional lives what do we want even our lifestyle right like what kind of house are you trying to live in and with whom and where is that house located right you can get real specific i love a good vision board (laughs) Um, that, that helps to put all of that in front of you because once you get clear on what you want, then you can figure out the steps to, to getting there, to at least starting on that path. And no matter what you end up doing, you are feeding yourself, feeding your soul, um, because you're doing stuff in alignment yeah. with who you want to be in this world and not who everybody else wants you to be.
1: I have a theory based on zero research or facts um, that people are successful in careers that allow them to integrate their personalities into their work. And uh, I think I've, I've related that you and I are cousins, but we're, we're pretty far apart in age. And so when, when I did get to spend time with you, my impression of you was always the shy one. Um, which is likely me projecting my own stuff onto you because I have a older sister like you do that has a huge personality. <laughs> and then like me, you also have younger siblings that also have big personalities. So I think, you know, you're the second of four children. Um, your older sister has a big personality and then you've got these two little twins um, that came along after you. So just kind of, you know, thinking about, I guess I always observed you as a shy one just because there was all this other stuff going on. So A, is that correct? And B, how has your personality shown up in your career? I'm definitely
0: the shy one, more reserved. On one. <laughs> and yes, definitely more willing to take a back seat than some of my siblings for sure, in particular, my older sister, but you know. <laughs> uh-huh. um, <laughs> And so that shows up and well, that definitely showed up in my, in my role as a faculty member of just, you know, taking a back seat and letting Mm. other people's, you know, make decisions and letting their perspectives kind of be showcased over mine, even though I had things to contribute and people were always like, but Bernadette, every time you say something, it's so magnificent. And I'm like, oh really? Okay. <laughs> so, but now I have been, you know, really conscious about speaking my truth and speaking my, you know, letting my voice be heard mm-hmm. in the way that I want it to be heard. So mm-hmm. I think that is, I had taken advantage of, of just like, okay, you know. People like what I have to say. So let's let's use our voice in a way that is in line with who I want to be and how I want to be impacting the world.
1: We're going to pivot a little bit. You talked about um, helping people and traveling kind of always being a core um, goal of yours. And I think you know that I planned or. Prior to the pandemic, my boyfriend and I were planning to move internationally and to um, teach English as a second language so that we could live location independent. So you are in Kenya right now, so you're living my dream and inquiring, wants, inquiring minds want to know, and by inquiring minds, I mean me, what have you observed about working um, remotely and living abroad?
0: I love it. I love it yes Jen I'm like I can't (laughs) wait for you to do that yourself and explore and be out here I think the best thing for me so in Kenya I am now we were we were eight hours ahead of east coast time and now seven hours with the time change in the U.S. and it allows me to have a leisurely morning where I have like a developed morning routine where I exercise, I'm like, I get to plan how I spend my day. Mm-hmm. I get to choose the hours that I, in which I work. I had a friend who said to me, she was like, you know, you could have done that in the U S too. And I was like, no. <laughs> right <there's>, no. Right <laughs> yeah. She's probably right, but I hadn't figured out how to do it. <laughs> um, And so I think that is the best part of just being like feeling like I have control of my days in in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. And feeling free from the structure of what the U.S. provided, right? Um, And and Mm -hmm. being exposed Mm -hmm. to this new culture and new locations and sights and sounds and smells and tastes and all of that, um, yeah, has been great. So I'm looking forward to figuring out how I can do it again. I will say, similar to you, like my family, we were always traveling. Definitely more domestic, but mm. we were traveling for church and traveling for family things and had vacations even if it was just to Jones Beach with grandma you know (laughs) um Mm -hmm, and and so mm -hmm. I was bit by the travel book early on in life so I have found that yes and I mean there's not many you know black people that I run into in my travels per se from America um But I have not let that stop Mm -hmm. me.
1: (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm going everywhere. (laughs) That's where I'm going. Well, for those of us that have never been to Kenya, tell us about what you love about it. You mentioned the sights, the sounds, the colors. Like if you had to be an ambassador for Kenya, why should why should we travel there?
0: You have to go on safari in Kenya at least one time. (laughs) I went. Um, with my husband Barnabas in February and it was so amazing like you see elephants up close giraffes are humongous in real life Mm -hmm. I mean I'm sure they're humongous on tv Mm -hmm. too but like in real life you're like oh snap that's a big old (laughs) animal right there (laughs) um yes we saw so many different types of birds and rhinoceros And what else do we see? Monkeys. The place where we're staying right now, like monkeys just grab people's food on a daily basis
1: off the table. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, that's mine. Thank you.
0: So amazing. Um, And we're also at a place next right on the Indian Ocean right now. And it's, the water is so beautiful and it's so warm and it's, the beaches are nice and it's, yeah. So you gotta come to Kenya to go on a safari and then hit up the <laughs> south coast. Um, we are at Diani Beach. So any of the resorts on Diani Beach recommend. My husband would say, be careful about Nairobi. They call it Nairobbery. So... <laughs> careful about that
1: oh (laughs)
0: um but yeah I'm enjoying it so far the food is pretty good I do a lot of cooking so I haven't had too much food but yeah
1: Well, cousin, thank you so much. This was great. I feel like every time I talk to you, I learn so much about you. So is there anything that you want to leave, you know, my four listeners with, um, before we depart, whether it's about traveling or business or, uh, following their dream, pursuing their passions, any kind of last words from you? All of the above. Like, I just think (laughs)
0: you know figure out what lights you up and go do that thing and it doesn't have to be the main part of your career but when I I say with your passions these are the things that you would do you know you would make time or find time to do even if life was crazy right even as I should say life is crazy and so you always want to make time for for those things that Bring you joy, right? Because life is meant to be lived and have fun mm. and to smile and to laugh and all those things. So prioritize that and the rest will fall into place, I
1: think. Okay. Well, tell us again the name of your business and where folks can find you um, if they want to use yes, your services. I
0: go by Dr. Bernadette Gelliard-Miavi and you can find me on... Facebook under that name so lots of names let me see <laughs> Gailiard is P-A-I-L-L-I-A-R-D hyphen M-A-Y-A-B-I Gailiard Myabi um, on Instagram I just go by Bernadette Gailiard because Abi couldn't fit <laughs> um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn under the same name as well so Feel free to follow me on any of those platforms and check me out.